0: Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference.
1: Today we're going to be in John chapter 11 verses 38 through 44. This is going to be our fourth and final devotion on the narrative covering the resurrection of Lazarus. And in fact, today's text will include Lazarus's resurrection. Before we go any further, I want to thank the Family Leader for being our 2023 Daily Dose Devotion sponsor. You can learn more about the Family Leader in the announcements at the end of this devotion. And as always, thank you to the Family Leader for their support. So in yesterday's, text, we talked about Jesus weeping and the significance of that shortest verse of the Bible. Let's continue on in verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Now I want to stop right there and refer to something I said in yesterday's devotion. I asked the question, why did Jesus weep? Or in the case of this text that we just read, why was he deeply moved again? And I gave a few specific reasons that he may have wept wept or been deeply moved. And we generally know, but we don't know specifically what it was that moved him. And I learned something since recording that last devotion that could be added to the list of reasons that Jesus may have wept or been deeply moved. And these first two verses that we read of today's text reminded me of it. It said he was deeply moved again. He came to the tomb. The tomb was a cave. There was a stone that laid against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Another reason that Jesus may have wept, in addition to those presented yesterday, might have had something to Do with him being filled with a deep sense of awe at the power of God regarding what he's going to do with Lazarus and even more what he knows that God is going to do with him. I mean, imagine this. Jesus is approaching a tomb where a dead man lays. There's even a stone in front of this tomb. Very similar to the tomb that he's going to be in in just a short while. It might be that being in this setting, Jesus is touched in a deep way by what God is able to do. Not just that he's going to raise his friends. Lazarus, but that he himself is going to be raised. And the significance of that resurrection has cosmic ramifications. When Jesus rises, sin will be defeated forever. Death will be defeated forever. The power of Satan and the spiritual forces of darkness will be defeated forever. And here, just a couple short months, maybe a few short weeks before his own resurrection, he gets to be part of this event with Lazarus that foreshadows what's going to happen and highlights the power of God. So his his tears or his being deeply moved may have been out of a place of awe. Let's continue. After Jesus said take away the stone, Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. I think that's an interesting comment by Jesus. He didn't say what he said to God to tell God something God didn't know. He said what he said to God so that the people around would hear him speak to God in that way, and when Lazarus is raised, they would believe that he and the Father are one, that he is from the Father, that he is the Messiah. It makes me wonder how many things that are said in scripture by Jesus were actually said for the people around who were observing and listening, even the people who would read these narratives 2,000 years later like you and I. That's pretty cool. Verse 43, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go and there it is, the resurrection of Lazarus. Now, I did a little bit of research and discovered that there are six miracles of Jesus recorded in the book of John prior to his raising Lazarus. And I'm talking about miracles where Jesus does something miraculous or supernatural. I'm not referring to something like in John 2 when it says that Jesus knows what is in a man, which could be considered as miraculous, or in John 4 when Jesus talks to the woman at the well and knows that she's been married five times and that the man she's living with now is not her husband. That could be considered miraculous because he knows something supernaturally that wasn't told him by the woman. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about actual miracles. In John 2, we saw Jesus turn water into wine at the wedding in Cana. In John 4, he healed an official son. In John 5, he healed an invalid at Bethesda. John 6, he fed 5,000 plus women and children. He also walked on water in John 6. In John 9, he healed a man born blind. And now in John 11, he has put on display not just his ability, to overpower the natural world, not just his ability to heal someone who's sick or blind, but to raise a guy who's been dead for four days. As we're going to see in the text that follows this, this raises quite a stir. Jesus is not a circus sideshow. He's not some kind of magician. This is a guy who has claimed over and over to be from the Father, to be one with the Father, to be the only way to the Father, and now you got him raising dead people. The line is drawn more clearly and starkly than it has been before. It's becoming harder and harder for the Jewish people around him and the observers of these things to take a middle road with regard to Jesus. You're going to either be all in or all out. I guess an application for us today is to be reminded that we have no justification for being in the middle either. If based on the claims and the track record of Jesus, you and I can't be all in, then we might as well be all out. So it's a good time for some self-reflection. What does all in look like for you and me? Come back for more next time. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day.
0: This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, perfectly consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also wanna highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.